Cue the flames. It's Tinfoil Tuesday on Westworld The Recapables. This is the show where we acknowledge our errors. We're only human after all and briefly indulge in the internet conspiracy theories of the week. Today we're diving deeper into season two, episode four, The Riddle of the Sphinx. I'm your host, David Shoemaker, and I am joined as I am every Tuesday by the ringers Micah Peters. And... Tell me that was a host and not a human. I think it was both. Danny Heifetz, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Micah, but we we should say off the top, you have a you're another podcast starting today that yes. we should we should promote. Actually, it's what's called, it called? It's called On Shuffle. It's just a podcast about the music we're listening to right now. You know, I'm going to talk to some smart people about some good music. It's fantastic. It's the Ringer's first full time foray into music podcasting, and uh, that's a big deal for all of us. And I. I got to hear the pilot. It was fantastic. I can't wait for the real thing. All right. Micah just educated me on Young Dolph. I can't believe you didn't know about that already. You know, but that's Stick okay. The, the, the last segment of this show is going to be Micah and Danny in a in a straight up like Dolores and Bernard or Denar, Dolores and Arnold style debriefing where Danny tries to explain his love for J. Cole and uh, oh and God. Micah tries to explain to him what about being a human iced out really dolphin means. Chains. <laughs> Let's talk about Westworld. Let's talk about the real of the Sphinx, guys. This was a hell of an episode. It was, but before we can even get to the episode, we have to get to Reddit because Lisa Joy, the creator of the show and the director of this episode, didn't ask me anything on Reddit today. An AMA is the call. AMA by the kids. as the yeah. kids call them, and. In the first answer she gave, she gave an answer basically personally detailed for you, David. For me? Yes, literally for you. the scariest premise I could think of. Go ahead. (laughs) She actually said that our philosophy from the beginning was to lay out the major tentpole moments. Ford's death, Dolores' transformation, Bernard's discovery. But the ultimate meaning of the story, the destination our path has always been leading, starting back in 1998 when The Undertaker threw mankind off Hell in a Cell and plummeted <laughs> 16 feet through an announcer's table. What? That is literally what Lisa Joyce said, that's and that joke. was for you. She is telling a joke. <laughs> no, I think that's real. <laughs> this is too much. Um, well, uh, the, if uh, I'm sure everyone that listening is everyone <laughs> hey, Peter uh, Lisa Joy here. I'm officially here to tell breaking you down that Jesus was also a host. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Everybody listening probably knows I'm a wrestling podcaster and writer first and foremost, and that's uh, sort of mind blowing. Um, <laughs> even as a joke, I don't expect I don't expect my uh, my favorite showrunners to be engaging with my professional wrestling fandom. So that's quite a treat. Thank you, Lisa Joy, for making me feel slightly less like a nerd or more like a nerd for one fleeting moment. It's a very specific now, set of prerequisites to get now that for the rest, For the rest of the season now, I want to know if you see any like wrestling themes going on here. I see wrestling themes in everything. Everything is wrestling, Danny. Have you been reading the New York Times op-ed page for the past <laughs> yeah, 18 I mean, months? For the past, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. That's really fantastic. Shout out to Lisa Joy. Shout out to Mick Foley, The Undertaker. Um, I knew that. Jim Ross, who made that that moment legendary. We need, someone's going to start making Jim Ross, like, by God tracks with, <laughs> over Westworld videos, and it's going to be fantastic. Um, anyway, it's Tinfoil Tuesday. What do we, do we mess up on anything this week on Sunday's podcast? I don't think we messed up a ton. We've been accused of messing up one thing, which, which I will dispute. Mm. I, we maybe I'm wrong, but we some someone pointed out to us on Twitter that, or actually many people have said this that uh, the thing we keep skipping over is that the uh, the chance that Bernard has downloaded 
the files and Peter Abernathy that when they were at Fort Forlorn Hope and that's like the cuts between when he was looking at him and then when they escaped that or rather that he got snatched by the Delos mercenaries that Bernard used that time to download the files into himself. I have not really thought that there was a lot of merit to that because one, there didn't seem to be a lot of time and there wasn't really any evidence that that had happened. Uh, but now I, I see that maybe that's a thing. And also, he was breaking down before, yeah, and he's breaking yeah. down now seemingly in the same way. That That's my thing is I don't see a huge difference between what he's been doing and he just he hit his head and he was dripping cortical fluid. Some people are saying that the reason he's glitching out so much on the beach is because he has the Peter Apernathy stuff and that the reason that we're kind of overthinking all this, that the reason he's so silent and everything is that he has the Peter Abernathy data in him. He can't really think. And what they're looking for is actually in his head, which actually does make sense. Hey, and from yeah, that perspective, I, get, I, like I, see, that. I just don't, I don't think that's there, but well, what you mean like that? What about that moment with, uh, with Elsie where she's talking about your memories aren't indexed or addressed to anything. They're just kind of floating around. Is that just a general Bernard thing? Or could that also tie into that idea of him having that massive, file whatever it is perhaps dad on the guests like in his head yeah i every week that my I, th- I feel like this is my gimmick now that i just come on <laughs> and say all right i'm really into this as long as the show is not about this like narrow set of things it's fine and then it becomes about <laughs> that, that narrow thing. set of things yeah as long as the show is not about the concept of like ram or storage space <laughs> i think i'm fine i don't know if it's like if like putting that extra personality into him overloaded him is I don't think that's a problem, but it's sort of just like a really weirdly small point. Yeah, because yeah. I, well, the th- reason that I don't buy that theory is because from my understanding, the reason that Peter Abernathy isn't glitching all the time is because they actually decommissioned him and he doesn't really have a personality and right, size. We gave him a thin, thin one. And that's not the case with Bernard. And to say that they're glitching in similar ways on the beach or like he glitches outside the cave and like has almost what looks like a seizure in a way. I th- Bernard hasn't been decommissioned, which is why I have ignored it. Then again, maybe I'm wrong. And I, I mean, could like, totally Bernard's got a lot of stuff going on. got shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's yeah. also yeah. a thing. Bernard's got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. When you, it's Occam's razor. When you hear hoofs, oh. think, remember he got shot in the face. Yes. Yeah. I will say though, um, now that you mention it or now that people on Twitter mention it, yeah, the fact that he was left alone in that room with Peter Abernathy is conspicuous. And he did do the, oh, my God, like, right before that. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So, TBD. We'll keep yeah. an eye on it. There was a lot of very deliberate—I I didn't—there was—I had a few questions about that episode when, when, like, Dolores looked at him and was like, put him in the put him in prison with all the others or whatever. And then, like, one scene later, she's like, bring him bring back him up. In. I need yeah. some help. <laughs> There was a lot of very deliberate staging with that. And I don't know why. I don't know why she would have been mad at the only reason it seemed like she would say put Bernard away. I guess she associates him with the humans. Right. Even though she knows he's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think. But but it still seemed like she only put him in prison so that her bringing him back would be something would be a moment. I don't know if it's an editing thing, but yeah, it definitely really deflates the moment when she's like. Oh, yeah, like put him with the others, and then it's almost like nothing happened there. So She's I, like, Bernard, I need you. All right, let's move on. To, uh, is, we, didn't, we didn't horribly uh, mess anything else up. Not to my knowledge, but if you do think we messed anything up, please let us know. Mm-hmm. And apparently David doesn't check his Twitter mentions. This is— I, so, Which yeah. I don't blame you. I'm, I'm 
It's not, and nothing. I do look at Twitter. I just don't religiously look at my mentions. And uh, so, yeah. Well, if if you need, if if you want to tweet at us, tweet at Danny Heifetz. <laughs> I am I am Snoopy on Twitter. What's well, your what's, my, what's, my your, what's your Twitter handle? I am at Danny Heifetz. Danny underscore Heifetz. Mm. There you go. Boom. Mm. Micah, you're at Micah. Micah Peters, Peters underscore, underscore because it's really you have questions really... about Young Dolph. Tweet at Micah. <laughs> um. I'm at David Shoemaker, but, you know, good luck. All right. <laughs> On good luck. to the theories of the week, as uh, sourced by Danny Heifetz from what we're politely calling the internet. <laughs> what do we uh, got? What, what are the craziest things that are happening? By the way, spoiler alert. So I don't even understand what spoilers are. Why would you are. even listen to this show if know. you don't want to deal know. with spoilers? Some, this is literally all that this show is. Yeah. It, is spoilers. Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, we even have our own feed, but anyway, um, Danny, go ahead. Tell us what tell us what the internet's saying this week. So, first of all, you mentioned on our pod on Sunday that mm-hmm. you wanted to see what Reddit did with that book that James Delos was yes, reading. I'm so excited mm-hmm. about this. Go. This is exactly why I love Reddit because Reddit found the book. Yeah, and the book this is the is, one thing I actually indulged this, in. You know, <laughs> I had to find out the book is. The Masterpieces of Science Fiction edition mm-hmm. of The Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. Which is a hell of a reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you're not a, Vonnegut was one of the best science fiction writers of the 20th century. And the too long don't read version is that the book is basically about how all of human history and into the future, when we have space travel and we go through an interplanetary war. All of human history was to get one dude, one small metal piece because he needed to fix his spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Be- because he needed to fix his spacecraft. Mm-hmm. That was literally what all of humanity was for. There was no free will. There was no any of that. Yeah. It was literally like, if you've seen Rick and Morty, that mm-hmm. episode where he creates an entire microverse with a species to fix his car battery. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, like, that's what all of humanity was. So it's a hell of a reference that James Delos, who has basically commissioned... 30 years of these hosts going through torture and torment and death and horrible everything, basically so he could get this one thing. He just could get his body. And that is what he is spending his time reading is this book. So he could smoke cigars and sail his yacht. And, and fuck my wife. Yeah. It's- yeah, it's fantastic. I was I was already rereading this last night because it's like um, – I have a grudging respect for Vonnegut. I think Vonnegut's included. I don't know how. I don't know what kids are growing up with these days. He was in all like the like he wasn't on a high school reading lists or college reading list, but he was on, always on the optional reading lists. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it, so he had the stink. It, like he like it, it like it, it didn't matter how. And he was also like supposed to be like the cool one on the reading list, which made it even worse for me. <laughs> like I'd rather read Red Badge of Courage than try to like what, than read what some like fifty year old thought was cool. <laughs> uh, but but he's but yeah I mean as uh, as a science fiction writer he's he's pretty fantastic and um, if you pick up this book you can go to like iBooks and get the free get the like the the free sample of it and it's like the first twenty pages of the book like read like an outline for this season of Westworld it's pretty crazy. I, yeah. I recommend everybody. Yeah, that's it. the best thing about like Kindle is like the Art of War and all those like really old books are just free, which is sick. But on to the next theory, the really the, the main theory from this episode, and I think the thing that everyone is talking about, is we saw Bernard pocket one of those mind-controlled units, and there's probably a mind on there. Now, we spoke about this a little bit uh, on Sunday, so I don't want to get too into this, but there is a theory that I love from Philip DJ on Reddit <laughs> uh, that 
the mind on that thing that Bernard stole uh-huh. is Arnold's mind. And that who we see in the opening scene of the season is Arnold right. coming online in Bernard's body to talking to Dolores. So for all the jokes we had about that being Bernard, because we didn't know which it was, it was both. Wow. And that is who wakes up on the beach. Well, I think it's either Arnold. I get it. We got to. We can kind of set it aside, right? Because if uh, that first scene, if that, if it, if it indeed is a something, you know, else, then it'll be what it is. But like, but just for the sake for this, so that was Arnold's consciousness. The idea. So the 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 mystery of the riddle of the Sphinx, not the literal riddle of the Sphinx. the, The mystery of this episode, as presented by this episode, is who is the other person they were printing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so the supposition is it was Arnold that Ford's last. Or no, it wasn't even Ford who was making this. Well, so we don't know exactly. Well, who, I mean, like, it was this the team of scientists, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and then I, so you imagine that they were being commissioned by Ford because no, because the, that's where the, they were. That was the Jim Delos. Jim Delos's apartment was in that lab. That was a that was a man in black. That was a man in black joint. I think there's ambiguity there, and I think that— Well, sure, but but the, but the, the, I think we can—I mean, it feels like Man in Black and Charlotte, or sorry, William and Charlotte, are kind of running some labs that are like dark sites that are separate from what Ford's doing. Hmm. Ford may or may not know they're there. I think it's it's safe to say that—we said this on Sunday. If he's terraforming and shit, like, he, know, he probably knows that these labs are there, and he's just letting them go for a while. Certainly, mm-hmm. he found out, and he sent Bernard in to kill everybody. But I don't think this is a Ford lab. So somebody—so the idea would be— I mean, I guess I'm wrestling with a million different theories at once. <laughs> but if this was a Charlotte man in black operation, they were going to bring back Arnold maybe just because he understood the technology better? Or I don't want to get into why they would bring him back yet, but I'm not even ready to see that Ford didn't know about it and Ford wasn't involved. I think that it would make a lot of sense, actually, if the reason they let Ford dick around for 30 years in this park, not using this amazing technology is that he was helping with this technology. If anything, he may have been stunting Delos's actual growth. And the reason they couldn't bridge that cognitive plateau of his is because Ford like probably knew how to do it, but like, wasn't actually like going to let tell them. And maybe he was stalling out that, that almost makes more sense to me than not knowing at all. Of all of the crazy shit this show could do and, and continues to do and everything else. We're all, we're all sitting here like, you know, whose brain is in Bernard's body and yeah. like all the, like it will Dolores get consciousness. If like season two ends with, with Ford and the man in black, just like chilling, getting drunk together and laughing. <laughs> like that's the craziest thing I could possibly see. And it would be, and you could make it work, but like that, that would blow my mind. Huh? Well, I mean like, like we're, we're enemies in the park, but we're like friends back at the office. Okay, okay, I would buy that. You know, like little. What is a simple gunshot to the face I of mean, your surrogate amongst friends? Yeah, and they're you know? survivors. You know, like okay. they went, they got through all. Like they, they're two of a kind in a lot of ways. Anyway, any more, any more to that theory? We're we moving on. Well, so I mean, the other one that I'm just going to throw back at you guys is the the front runner here, the odds on favorite, two to one is is is, is that it's Ford's mind on that control unit. Sure. Okay. So yeah. that's there, but that's kind of, I mean, that's it's so mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, we like at that, some point, those indie crackpot yeah. theories. At some yeah. point you do get to a point where like that, like an obvious explanation is maybe too obvious. That's why George R. R. Martin can't finish the game of Thrones books. Yeah. Unless he secretly finished them. Oh my god! 
Okay, we can't get into this. All right, let's <laughs> but, go on. <laughs> oh, my God. But it could totally be Ford, and that would also Danny be Danny is now awesome. sweating. Yeah. <laughs> so, to continue this conversation. Keep going, man. Blow my mind. As we just said, Bernard stole the control unit because Ford made him do it, right? Mm-hmm. So we can presume basically one thing for sure, which is that if Ford had Bernard steal it, then Ford thinks it works. Yeah. So that would mean that that cognitive plateau issue that James Delos had can be overcome, or at least Ford thinks it, he knows how to overcome it. That's like the one thing we can really conclude from sure. that. Mm-hmm. So a fantastic theory from Charles Zahaza Haza, I don't know. See, Charles Hazha on Reddit. Try it again. C-H-A-R-Z-H-A-Z-H-A. Charles Hazha. We have Charles Hazha. I mean, I don't, don't look at All me. Right, I'm, I'm not Let's about move. to try. Regardless, <laughs> I just wanted to give as many takes as possible. And I'm, throw, I'm kind of merge these theories because there's also a, some additional stuff here from Cheritos69, which, oh my God, what a name. <laughs> but most of this is Charles Haas hat. <laughs> but um, here's what we know about the man in black. You know, his wife died in a bathtub after she took too many pills and he alludes that she committed suicide because... I was re-watching she, that last night. Is there some... There, you know, for everybody listening to this, I t- I totally forgot until I was re until I was watching the show last night. Um, last night being Sunday night, but I but I watched the episode. The the biggest thing that we miss is the previously on Westworld segment yes! where they yeah. frame everything for you. Uh, yeah, and uh, so I was watching that last night, and I was because uh, when they they send you the the trailer, I mean they send you the the screeners, and they don't have that on there. And I was watching the part with. It's like they just hit you over the head with stuff now when you watch it that way. But the man in black talking about his wife. To Teddy, yeah. Dying to Teddy. And he was just like, my daughter thinks that she killed herself because of me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is some question. I just I just had taken it for granted after watching it, I mean, as recently as a month ago, that like, yeah, she straight up killed herself. She was unhappy. But there's some question as to whether or not she actually committed suicide, right? Right. And well, also— That's not how I took it. Well, I took I it she know. definitely committed suicide. Oh, well, but no, it's no, maybe no, no. not why? about him. Yeah, he, like the oh, question okay. is like, why? And I think that like also you get a lot of really good reaction shots of old William in this episode. And one of the really good ones is— uh, the 149th build when Dallas is talking about Juliet and uh, William says like, you know, Juliet's gone. She killed herself. And Dallas goes, what did you do? And William just kind of gets that like pained look on his face. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean like that is definitely a pressing question as to like the nature of uh, Juliet's suicide. There was, yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy Simpson did some great face acting in this too. <laughs> there, I, I I underestimate him sometimes, but in his, but in the second, the second Jim Dello scene, yeah, he was he was great. Yeah, he was like the Jimmy Simpson. His just his reactions were fantastic. Anyway, it's totally beside the point. So, What's the theory? So we see in this episode, uh, Craddock is you know going to kill Lawrence's wife and everyone in the town, and the man in black has a flashback to a bathtub overflowing uh-huh. with blood spilling out. Now, when he described his his wife's suicide in season one, he mentioned the bathtub and pills. He did not mention slit wrists. Now, she could have done both. That's totally reasonable. But, but someone has pointed out 
that like what if that was not a flashback of his wife? What if that was a flashback of himself? Remember in Old William's meeting, Ed Harris's meeting with James Delos, the third one in this episode, he says the world would be better off without you, Jim, and maybe me too. What if after that meeting, William committed suicide and his consciousness was put into a host version of himself and Ford has given him the game of finding the door because the only way to bridge that cognitive plateau is not to tell someone that they're a host like William was telling James Delos. You have to cross it by figuring it out yourself by solving the riddle of the of by solving the riddle of the sphinx yourself he's told in the season premiere the door oh finding the door it begins where you end that's over here go, um, keep going fucking go he's told <laughs> it begins where you end and ends where you began and the next thing ford says is everything is code here william you know that more than anyone And then in this episode, the man in black says, you think you know death, but you don't. You didn't recognize recognize him sitting across from you this whole time. I got news to you guys. Maybe neither did we. For William, the door is the realization that he is in a host body. The door leads to glory, which is the valley beyond the cognitive plateau. All right. Air horns, Augie. Air horns. <laughs> um, I need air horns. I got, okay, I got, some, I got some thoughts. Number one, yeah, uh, okay. I mean, we <laughs> like. I have a lot of little piddly things why I'm going to set seem, aside. Why do I feel like I saw specifically like a foot and a heel hanging over the bathtub ledge? Did I just imagine that? Yeah, we saw something. I feel like there was something that precludes but that. From... I feel. I mean, there's also the stuff with the man in black himself. Like he went and used a med pack two episodes ago, right? Yeah. And yes. so, like, that could be a that could be like a little rope a dope. That's fine. All that stuff could be taken in. I really like this idea. So, wait, the idea is that he was he committed suicide when? Well, it's not so much the timeline as much as the idea that what is this door? What is this journey? Why is he doing all this? I mean, there's a bunch of little, there's little things that add up. Like he's the only human in the entire show. We know he has a backstory. And then you combine, well, why does he have this game? And really what it boils down to is we know that someone, we, now that we know that this technology exists with James Delos and that he failed and Delos was not able to actually transplant his mind into a host. It makes sense that if that door for William, the thing that he's been trying to chase, that he that's the realization that he would have to come to, that he's actually the first person that this succeeded. I, I love all of this. The, but I'm, the, the time I'm just trying to wrap my head around what the theory is when in the scene in the third scene with Jim Dallas oh, yeah. in this episode, when when Ed Harris comes in for the first time, is that a, is that a host under this theory or is that actually him? I don't know. Maybe it was before or after that because you presumably, if he, if that had happened, then his mind would still be to some degree suicidal. It could have happened before or after. But the interesting part is he's done that 149 times. The part of the theory is that maybe he didn't even know that that was going to happen. But those 149 conversations, at some point, he became the subject of the tests to establish just like fidelity. a reverse of the first one. Yes. Yeah, and, mm. and and maybe seeing. 
Jim Delos like self-destruct helps bring about the consciousness. I like I love this and whole idea. So, so mm. but that is actually I think one of the most interesting points is that he do, you don't actually need him to have like agreed to it because they could have just ast- I mean I don't know if that's actually true. I'm, but now like, I'm, what I'm trying to I'm trying to backtrack through this that maybe oh, yeah. Bernard maybe the the consciousness that Bernard took was was his was his yeah maybe and that that was Ford starting like built, but that doesn't make sense because those dead bodies wouldn't be there so fresh if that had yeah. happened so long ago um I'm just trying to make everything fit perfectly and of course it no. won't I I love this idea this this is great this is the best one yet I feel like <laughs> this this is but at the same time this has captivated Reddit and this has come from many people but I really want to give credit because the best one that was really kind of thrown out there was from Username Charles Hazha, which I want to get right, but I, but I literally cannot. But the Charles Hazha really laid it uh, out we, very we well. Do, we have we have a Sunday episode and we have a Tuesday <laughs> episode. I want a Thursday episode that's just Danny pronouncing Reddit names really hard. Charita sixty nine, and also I'm members really of Ghost Nation. That. That's all I want. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. I have so many it's, questions about that. Let's let's move on and then. Uh, depending on what happens, maybe we just talk well, about I'll, that for like five yeah, more I'll, minutes at the end. I actually, that's really what I want to talk about. But let me, I'll keep going. Because, give us some wild, give us some dumb theories. Well, well, there's plenty <laughs> of those. But to tie that in with the title of the episode and really the riddle of the Sphinx, which is from the story by Sophocles of Oedipus Rex, which is, it's, you know, from ancient Greece. And long story short, Oedipus, the play is about two things. People don't like to hear the capital T truth, mm-hmm. uh, and our free will is is limited. That yeah. destiny is real. Sure. It's really what the play is about. And Oedipus comes across the Sphinx, which is unleashing a plague upon upon the city of Thebes. And this uh, the Sphinx asks a riddle, and if you don't get the riddle, then the Sphinx eats you. And the Sphinx asks. There's a couple versions of it. Uh, the Sphinx asks. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed and two-footed and three-footed? The other version is what creature has four feet in the morning, two in the afternoon, and three in the evening? Either way, the answer is man. And there's an obvious parallel here between a riddle about the inevitability of dying and then James Delos is trying to become immortal and kind of break the riddle. Plus, as you mentioned, David, uh, on Sunday, is that there's a greater significance because it also represents Oedipus vanquishing the Sphinx, who symbolized ushering out the— the old Egyptian gods went away and then paved the way for a transition to the new Greek gods, which is really on the nose with humans and then being ushered out by hosts and something greater to come. Right. So, actually, Reddit user Gathley thinks they answered this, which there's apparently, I don't know if this is more Wikipedia true, but there is another version, allegedly, either way, this would be an interesting addendum, that what walks in four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, three legs in the evening, and no legs at night as in it at trans, to transcend the physical body. Uh-huh. Oh, and the okay. answer is whatever is to come. Okay. Uh, yeah, a little bit esoteric for me, but I'm yes. good. All right, all right, let's go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, you have fancy literary references. Don't have a cover in my But then it also goes no in the riddle of the Sphinx. The reasoning is that man, and, and what it really means at its core, is the riddle is about that man is not just a thing, but personhood humanity is a journey right for the, through various stages of consciousness from baby to adult to someone at the end of their life and that's really what it really means is humanity is this journey sure and the reason that james delos can't get it and can't bridge that plateau is because that's not what being a, a human is it, you can't just tell someone and then they get it 
it, you have to have an arc. Right. And then James Delos has a loop, but he doesn't have an arc. And that's why it's not taking. And the reason it's I'm so convinced that the man in black might be doing this is because unlike James Delos, he's traversing this journey quite like Oedipus and that he's trying to track down this mystery, this thing that he doesn't realize really just leads back to his own truth, which is a big archetype, but really makes sense in the context of this episode, especially when the title is The Riddle of the Sphinx. Right. All so right. There you go. All right. I'm in. One. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm def- this is definitely heightened by that one, the, by the conversation with Colonel Braddock over the table, too, where he's just talking about humans or yeah, well, that, too. That was just, you know, like badass tryhardery guy stuff. <laughs> but, like I was talking about the part where he's just like, yeah, I mean, humans are like inconstant and unstable. They don't know what they are from one moment to the next or whatever. Which I was just like, that's probably the most human thing he's said thus far. Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, yeah I think we got a lot. I think that I think that this is going to be. I mean, for as much as we had to talk about and much as we talked about today, you, I definitely got the feeling rewatching it on Sunday night that this was going to be the episode we keep coming back to. Yeah. Like every yeah. like every couple episodes, you were going to rewatch this one and just be like, ah, oh, shit, it was right there. It was every yeah. like you know like they yeah. gave us they gave us so much. If just because the conversations weren't just. They weren't just try hard. There was like some stuff in there. Like everything yeah. felt like it was weighted, you know? I mean, yeah. and, and I guess we'll see more. He looked kind of confused at the end of the episode when he was staring at his daughter. That was probably because the sun was in his eyes. But if he, throughout the rest of the season, just kind of acts generally confused, not remembering parts of their relationship, like, this is true. Yeah, I think I definitely think there's something there. Um, so you want like, I don't want to call them. Not, there are no stupid theories, David. The Reddit is one big brainstorm, and there are no bad ideas in a brainstorm. I just want to so get. I want to get my mind blown. I'm not calling anybody stupid. All right, <laughs> a good one I liked from Eddie Cat, which was the weapon and where Dolores is going. As we've theorized, you know, the weapon is knowledge in some way. Sure. Uh huh. We were thinking it was Peter Abernathy, whatever the hell is inside him. Someone pointed out that it might be. We saw in the trailers that Dolores. At some point this season, we'll be in a library. Okay. Eddie Cat theorized that that is the library in Arnold's house that he showed her. Okay. In whatever city we're in. I'm, I'm uh-huh. in, yeah. And the, that library is the weapon, the collected knowledge of Arnold's library, the, the knowledge of the humans that what Ford said to her, which is, <laughs> I needed to give you time to get to know your enemy. They've seen what people are like and now that they know and that then Dolores will be able to. Man, if you get to the end of this and the whole prize is some books, I'm like, I mean, it's the worst Christmas of all time. Like, that's worse than getting socks for your birthday. Are you kidding me? Uh, I like the idea. I'm not sure how I feel about like maybe the weapon is the knowledge we gained along the way. Yeah, exactly. This is like this. Uh, this is like the scene in the fifth element where uh, what's her name just like watches all the videos and cr- <laughs> Mila Jovovich is just watching the deep download of all of human history with tears running down her face. I got news coming, coming. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can see something. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, you will not like how Game of Thrones ends this season if you don't like libraries playing a big role. I don't mind a uh, library playing a role. <laughs> It's just that it can't be the light at the end of the tunnel. That's the problem. Like I, it's I'm I'm fine with the library being a stop on now, the way to I the do thing. Like, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just a book. Come on, <laughs> we all love books. Well, you know, we sang our praises of Vonnegut leading up to this. But yeah, it's a I, podcast about a TV show. So, do we love books? I do. I like books. 
Books are, like books are tight. Books are cool. I'm books just are saying, very important. The whole, like, the, you, can't, you can't have a show that's full of literal weapons and then have the figurative weapon be a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is maybe, that the only way to can. do it? Is that the only way to do maybe it? Maybe it is. Um, that would be something you love. <laughs> All right, what do you okay. got next? Um, so Reddit has nicknamed that symbol, uh, the Delos symbol, that kind of looks like an infinity sign, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Protagoras. And that's because of some random code found on the Dallas Destinations website because someone actually pulled up the source code and found that the site map. And just trust me, they call it the Protagoras. Protagoras was one of the disciples of Socrates. Okay. Protagoras held that truth was subjective. The very classic, what is true for me is true for me. J. Cole's great. Micah... (laughs) What's true for Micah is what's true for you. And, like, let's leave it there. Let's agree to disagree. That's Protagoras' grand theory of life. (laughs) That has profound implications for the show uh, because if William or if you can put a human mind into a host body, if you can put Arnold and Bernard or Teddy and Bernard or whatever the hell is going on, and, like, it's the whole idea of what William said. Am I? I'm not in California anymore. Am I? And William, if sorry, you can't tell, does it matter? Yeah. If you can't tell, does it matter? Yeah. So it's more. This is more of a general idea, but if that idea prevails, that is what the show is saying: is that subjectivity, truth, is relative. I would bargain pretty hard, especially based on the Oedipus references, that the show is going to pivot and sh- crack that narrative. The idea that truth is subjective that if it doesn't matter like if you can't tell it definitely still matters that that's where it's going okay okay <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good for that um, alright let's go alright right, this is a oh this is just a this is just a question for this week Shogun World um, where is it at oh it's coming I'm trying to see it Oh, it's coming. You know, like I got I got all excited because Maeve was wearing a Hakama and holding week, right? a katana. Next week's episode is called Akane no Mai and the okay. description episode description is literally Welcome to Westworld Oh, sorry. Welcome, Welcome to, to Shogun, Shogun World. World. Okay. And much of it seems like it will be in Japanese. Excellent. Like the episode itself will yes. be in Japanese? Much of the episode will be in Japanese. I'm apparently. out. There's subtitles. I'm just kidding. I that sounds fantastic. I'm actually really excited. No, this will that'll be, that'll be really good. It's, yeah. It's, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Um, pivoting off Shogun World. <laughs> James Delos' last words. Uh, I can't do an Irish accent, but I'm all the he way did down. before. Now. I was kind of impressed. I'm all the way down. And I really... I really want to hear you attempt I'm going to do this, and then Augie can cut this. <laughs> all right, do it. Give it a shot. You're taking a leap of faith here. I'm all the way down now. I can see all the way to the bottom. It said there were two fathers, one above, one below. They lied. It was only ever the devil. Why don't you look up from the bottom? It was just his reflection. Laughing bound. Laughing back down at you. I almost got it. I'm doing the really confused Arnold face where I'm not actually <laughs> looking through my glasses at you right now. That was that was actually good. Okay. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I liked it. Oh, well. Uh, so, a lot of theories about what that actually means. Uh, there's the... There's the basic one of, okay, the God and the devil are one and the same, your creator. So, but there's a lot of symbolism to the story. Number one, the most literal one is that there's Bernard and there, sorry, there's Arnold and there's Ford, Arnold who died and is in the ground, and then Ford above who has taken much of 
Arnold's ideas, Arnold's code, the actual stuff he developed, and then been doing it together. Right. But together, the product they've made is one and the same. Okay. The much more interesting one is if you believe, and we discussed this on the pod, but basically I believe now that the data inside of Peter Abernathy is James Delos. And basically, you know, they I guess they drag and drop his consciousness onto a mind control unit, whatever, that that is what's been uploaded into him along with all the 30 years of research and progress they made. That's what's in Abernathy. Right. Now, then if you take this line, which is two fathers, that is the two of the fathers in the show, which is James Delos and Peter Abernathy. Right. Who are both the fathers-in-law, so to speak, of William. So it's the father that he disappointed and failed, which is <laughs> Delos, who he has to tell. And then there's the father of the girl that he can still save. We discussed this a little bit. Okay. But— I'm not ready for this to be about Peter Abernathy. I'm not ready for this to, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, it was cool when he was, you know, like quoting Shakespeare, but I'm bored of him stuttering and talking about wanting to go home. You know, I don't, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to be forced to find Peter Abernathy interesting. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, Get that theory out of here. <laughs> all right, we'll go more. That means it's probably right. All right. That, that's what we Basically, know. Basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one from Delos Board 2052 on Reddit uh, that posited that we feel like we're going to see at some point multiple copies of Bernard's body. But what if every character has multiple copies of their body and they could be anywhere at once? And what if there is a nether mave in Shogun world instead of having to create like, you know, 3,000 new people, what if they reuse some people in different parks? And this is, this is okay. One of the weird things about season one was that they just reuse these hosts willy-nilly. But So, like, there's got to be incredible value in, like, the physical host, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like imagine, like, on the set of the Fast and the Furious 8 or whatever, imagine how valuable a car would have to be for them to be like, we wrecked it. Now let's like let's take it to the shop, get the dents out so we can use it in another scene. Mm-hmm. Right? This car, I mean that like the motor of the car or like the whatever, the frame of the car would have to be worth a billion dollars because it's like a $500,000 car, it's like get another car, you know? Yeah. So that's what that was always so crazy about season 1 that they would just be like, "All right, this this host didn't work, so let's just like put her in a, you know, put her in a pith helmet and send her to Raj world or whatever. That it, That's a lot. But if you take that for granted, I mean, if you set that aside, I mean, and, and say, and it's true, it's sort of, it would be even crazier if there were like 18 Bernards, because that's a lot of money they spent on making extra Bernards. Right? This is true. I mean, I guess if the idea is that Maeve, like the Maeve, if you, if you reproduce Maeve or whoever, and it's and each one is like similarly successful as a host. Then yeah, I guess that makes sense. Why not have a Maeve and a Dolores in every world? They work, right? But I don't know why you would just be like making new hosts. I don't know or making if, duplicate if, hosts. I mean, that would have to be that would have to be a clandestine activity, right? Because I mean, if you're if you are basically intent on creating of experience that feels as real as possible while also being fake. Then, I mean, any sort of knowledge that breaks that veneer, like of, of having more than one person, yeah, that looks exactly the same elsewhere in the park. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that feels like it's just kind of like yeah. You don't want to go to like some full immersion 
like VR, it's not VR, but you know, like amusement park. And then you're like, all right, Westworld was cool, but like Micah next week, like next year for like, you know, our annual college get together, we're going to go to Shogun World. And then you go there and you're like, this is really intense. And you're just like, we turn a corner and you're like, wait, I recognize all those people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that would just be, but again, maybe, maybe that's possible. Maybe this is just kind of like, you know, the whole McDonald's going corporate thing. <laughs> 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 the burgers are now not as good as they used to be. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so, so what's the theory that there would be like wh- what that there'd be a Maeve in another world, and then what would she, what, why would that matter? Maeve would just see herself. Have you guys ever seen the show Orphan Black? Yes, yes. great because I haven't, and I didn't get the reference that person made, but they said it would be like Orphan Black. Yeah. Okay. All right, All right but uh, I'm not ready for another layer of. Yeah, we got a lot of really Intrigue straightforward. Like this is like I know we talked about Game of Thrones earlier, but I've been, but like you know, my I used to love to hang out with my friends and talk about Game of Thrones theories and all that kind of stuff. But there was a point, like a season, like two seasons ago, where people were talking about just you know these wacky Reddit theories, and I'm just like, guys, we have like twelve episodes left. <laughs> Yes. You know, and I think and there, we just got like and like if you if you if you draw if you outline like the straightest path from here to the finale of the show, that's like 11 episodes worth of material. Right. Yeah. So at some point the show is going to like it's blowing our mind every week. But the but like there we, we got to like just, you know, there's going to be some meat and potatoes at some point. You know, like <laughs> we can't be opening up radical new theory. OK, I'm I'm saying all this stuff, which means it's definitely going to be true. <laughs> Get ready for Maeve number two next week. What would be worse than Maeve finding her daughter and her daughter was already in the arms of Maeve herself? (laughs) (laughs) All right, next theory. Give us something good. Uh, William is one of an elite cadre of billionaires (laughs) buying up Mm. mountain real estate in the Appalachians that's soon to become beachfront property because they're raising the water levels. What if this whole thing is the front for a real estate scam? (laughs) <laughs> We're in like True Detective season two here, guys. Let's it kind of seems like a real estate scam because <laughs> yes. this is like 500 square miles. The guests pay fifty thousand dollars a day. Can you just is like... this taking place? <laughs> is the question, or is it on Earth, Micah? Wow. I think there was a lot in last night's episode or in Sunday's episode that was uh, that led you to, that might lead one to believe that this was not on Earth. Yeah, there are a lot were, of hints. Yeah. First of all, the, the the Vonnegut novel that that we referenced is about an eccentric Special. billionaire taking a yeah, spaceship, like people who get rich enough to go to Mars, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I, that would make a ton of sense in a lot of ways. Also, they referenced when they talked about Bengal World, and they talked the actual description on the Delos Destinations website talks about the chance to hunt animals long since extinct. So they basically acknowledge that, like, we've at least wrecked tigers, which if are we endangered get back species. to Jurassic Park, you are, I'm firing you from this podcast. That's not, I'm just saying that it's clearly that we have wrecked a lot of endangered animals with climate-related activity and change in the ensuing years. That oh, my God. Given. Next theory. Next theory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is actually just from Lisa Joy's AMA. She just wrote this, and I was just like, I don't, I, this is like to almost mess with us, but you take two great flavors and add them to make a new dish. She's talking about characters. Mm-hmm. So Maven Lee in season two, Dolores and Hector in season three, MIB and Akechita in season four. Did she just say that to mess with us? Or do you think those are real pairing? Uh, probably real. That would be sick. Um, one other theory. Mm-hmm. 
So let's say that that man in black thing is true and that he actually is a host and he's the first one to realize that he is a person in a host body. And then you take that a step further and then maybe all the people in the show realize that they are also like hosts or people in a host body. Uh And then what if the whole show is actually a simulation and then what if the whole point of the show is to convince us, the viewers, to make us realize, to find the door, that we are all living in a simulation? That would be so much like eating vegetables that I would, like... <clears throat> I thought, but when I was, when I was uh, like, getting ready for this show, actually before, before I started my deep dive, but when, like, Bill, Bill had already, you know, had talked to me about, about doing this podcast, I had this, like, series of crazy dreams and I woke up and I was like, that's that's my novel. That's my screenplay. And I started like writing all this stuff down. And, and I was really into it for like two weeks until I kind of like teased it out to the very end. And my and what I got to was basically what Danny just said. And I was like, and I was like, oh, this could just be Westworld season four, and then I'm screwed. <laughs> um yeah, that that would be that would be crazy, but whatever. That's the transformative TV experience. Yeah. We all ultra light beam. <laughs> I think it's more like Uncanny Valley, but instead of like faces, I can't tell where my ideas begin and uh, Westworld's end. So. <laughs> all right, just let's just do one more and get out of here. I gotta we we all we all gotta leave and go start and go and go read uh, Kurt Vonnegut. One person sees the meanies <laughs> on Reddit said that the riddle of the Sphinx would is actually a more literal uh, interpretation that the reason Delos didn't take his mind because. He was just stagnant and that there actually will be like a literal baby that needs like a host baby needs to grow and that the passenger, which is the title of the last episode of the season, the passenger is a host baby, which is why in the intro credits, we see a mother holding a child and we actually will get. The host will be able Isn't to reproduce in some form. What, what, what is it that like where robots can have kids? Um, That was uh. What? There's so many. I know. Things I'm like what, that. What, what is this? There, there, this is a, this is like a direct echo of something we didn't know you could reproduce. Oh, we can reproduce. Oh, I it's, mean, uh, like it's, a, it's it's Blade Runner 2049. It's Blade, it is oh, Blade yeah. Runner 2049. Like, wow, that is exactly Blade Runner 2049. I haven't seen that movie, but like everyone, that that is like literally like one of the best theories. Okay, that's your homework. Go watch that. <laughs> this like yeah, that's a real it's a real lapse for you. Um. I recommend that everybody get out of here and go read uh, the Sirens of Titan, or if not that, just go read the Wikipedia page because it's just like it's it's silly. It's it's silly how much this could have to do with the show. I'm sure it won't have that much to do with it. Never forget Lost. They gave you books every week, and then you know they gave you new books the next week, and it was just like what the staff was reading. But uh, read that book. Watch Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Mankind versus The Undertaker. I mean, yeah, Mankind versus Undertaker and get ready for the most shocking violence you've ever seen. Get re- until with- Samurai World with shink, shink. Yeah, then next week we get, we, we get Samurai World. Can we get more World. of those, those sound effects? Just- okay. Yeah, I think um, that'll do. I'm really, I'm really into Man in Black as a host. Yeah. I can't believe how far I, we've I'm come. Very, with- I'm very into that theory. Uh, what, what else? I just want to point out that like in season one, I think the dumbest thing anyone could have said to me was that Man in Black is a host. And four episodes into season two, I'm like, I'm down. So all the dumb theories that there are no dumb theories, but the theories that we frown upon now are the most likely. Yeah, I think that's true. 
And uh, eventually we're just going to eat, like, just like Man in Black's going to go from bad guy to good guy. Just like Mick Foley, a.k.a. Mankind, went from uh, the biggest villain in WWE to one of its greatest heroes because he got thrown <laughs> through the top of a steel cage. Everything turns around eventually, even the theories. Um, and, you know, it, it, that's what's so great about it. And there's going to be moments where we're, in the words of Man in Black, thinking... Uh, I'm beginning to think this whole enterprise was a mistake. And then we're going to come back next week and we're going to be like, fuck yeah, man. Give me more of that. Um, anyway, we got to get out of here. Thank you guys for doing this. Of course. Thank you guys for listening. And don't worry, amigos. We'll be back on Sunday. <laughs> Bye. theme song was made by our friends at songfinch.com check out songfinch to turn your stories memories and feelings into a -a one-of-a-kind song by professional musicians it makes the perfect gift for any occasion songfinch.com